Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. If I asked you how much of your prayer time was devoted to prayers for others, would you feel timid to answer? The reality is many of us are very good at coming to the Lord in prayer. After all, we have so many personal needs that we can think of without barely a thought. But prayer for others, that seems a bit more difficult. If I'm honest, I've spent a long time praying, but it's been really easy to focus on myself in prayer. It's as if I subconsciously believe the lie that it's every man for himself. Jill down the street can pray for her own needs, and I'll cover my own stuff too. But I'm discovering that intercessory prayer is something that God has not only called us to, but it is a vital part of our prayer life. I was reading a sermon from Charles Spurgeon, and his words hit me hard. I've been processing the gravity of them ever since. He said, Let me ask you again how it is that you hope to get your own prayers answered if you never plead for others. Will not the Lord say, selfish selfish wretch, you are always knocking at my door, but it is always to cry for your own welfare and never for another's. Inasmuch as you never ask for a blessing for one of the least of these, my brethren, neither will I give you a blessing to you. You love not the saints. You love not your fellow men. How can you love me whom you have not seen? And how shall I love you and give you the blessing which you ask at my hands? This seems pretty heavy, and we're honestly not used to Charles Spurgeon's language, but this gives me a very fresh perspective on something that I can see as a take-or-leave aspect of prayer. So if you're like me and you're ready to take this call to intercessory prayer more seriously, Let's talk about what it looks like. Today, we're going to talk about four burdens we need to have as an intercessor and five practical ways to start praying for others. So let's start with the basics. What is intercessory prayer? Intercessory prayer is just a lifting up someone else before the Lord. You are literally interceding to the Lord on someone else's behalf. Ian Bound says, talking to men for God is a great thing, but talking to God for men is greater still. I love that quote because sometimes talking to God about my friends and family feels like it's not actually doing anything. In actuality, though, intercessory prayer is one of the greatest ways we can love someone. To take their name, their life, their current crisis, and bring them before the Lord and ask for Him to work. That is huge. To be an intercessor doesn't require fancy prayers or big words or even hours of time. You, my friend, can become an intercessor for those in your life today. Here are four key burdens we carry as we intercede for others. Number one, we need a burden for others, just in general. We cannot pray for others without coming into their pain and shouldering the burdens. We can surely casually pray for them, 
keeping them at an arm's length. But if we truly desire to intercede for others, we have to do what Dick Eastman says. We need to bid farewell to self and welcome the burdens of humanity. This is new for me. I can stay pretty sheltered in my own little bubble. I don't like the uncomfortableness of having to confront other people's pain and hurt sometimes. But I remember the Lord shattering this bubble after reading about how Bounds, another prayer through history, would cry and grieve for the lost as he prayed for them. I started praying for a heart like that, and God was faithful to deliver. On a recent trip to San Antonio, I remember walking the boardwalk and feeling a burden for so many people as they passed. It was like I was seeing them with new eyes. I remember going to bed that night, our window open overlooking the city, and feeling so impassioned to pray for the lost there. It felt funny at first to hurt so much for people I didn't know, but this is part of being an intercessor. We must enter into the pain. As we do, we'll say goodbye to token prayers that we just toss up to say that we've covered something in prayer. And though that sounds painful, it's actually incredibly rewarding to pray with such a passion and for someone outside of ourself. Number two, we need a burden for those who can't pray for themselves. My thinking that everyone should basically pray for their own needs was so faulty. God has created us for community, and there are many people in our world who aren't praying for one reason or another. It may be someone who's not a believer. How are they expected to pray for their own salvation? There's also people who are simply weary praying for the same thing over and over again. I shared in my newsletter for this month, I've taken a break for praying for my health this month, and I've specifically asked five people to pray for me. Um, Wait, hold on. (coughs) There's also people who are simply weary praying for the same thing over and over again. I shared in my newsletter for this month, I've taken a break for praying for my health. I noticed it becoming such a focus in my prayers, so I asked five people to pray for me as I focused on lifting up anything and everything besides my health. Number three, we need a burden for those who offend us. Interestingly enough, after I decided to stop praying for my health and pray for others, Dick Eastman connected some dots for me that Job wasn't healed until he prayed for those friends of his who caused him so much grief. Eastman said, Job tasted victory only after prayer for others. I don't think this is some magic formula we can perform for our own healing, but I think it speaks to how important praying for others is, even those who offend us. Matthew 5, 44 minces no words when it says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. If praying for your enemies is not a consistent part of your prayer time, start lifting them up now. In our prayer journals, we have a section called the heavy. Here you can include those things that you need to forgive or the people that seem to cause you the most pain. Spurgeon said, carrying your offenses. Wait. Spurgeon said, carrying your offending ones to the throne of God, it will be a blessed method of proving the trueness of your forgiveness. Isn't that so true? Whether we can or cannot pray for our enemies may speak to the hold unforgiveness still has on us. So if today you feel like it's impossible to pray for your enemies, ask the Lord to enter in and to help you with that. Number four, we need a burden for God's will, not our own. 
It can be incredibly easy to lift up those people in our life and pray for God to do something we specifically think needs to happen. But intercessory prayer is not handing in your deli order. It's pleading with the Lord to do what he thinks is best, even when, and maybe especially when, we think we know the solution. Maybe you have a friend who is destroying their life in some crazy way, and you feel like you know what would fix it. Trust the Lord to do what he knows to be the right thing. Okay, so we've covered the four burdens to have as, that we want to have as intercessors. Number one, we just need to have a burden for other people. We need to enter into the pain that they feel and not feel afraid of feeling the pain. Two, we need a burden for those who can't pray for themselves. Three, we need a burden for those who offend us. And four, we need a burden for God's will and not our own. Okay, now let's dive into five really just practical techniques for praying for other people. Number one, use the BLESS method. This is a simple acronym from Alvin Vandergrind that could help know how to pray for an individual when there's not one specific need, but God has simply laid somebody on your heart to pray. The acronym, the, the acronym stands for this. B is body. Pray for good health, protection, and strength for the person. L, labor. Pray for the work. It, <coughs> okay, I'm going to run through the, the five words, and then I'll kind of explain them a little bit. B is for body. L is for labor, E is for emotional, S is for social, and the second S is for spiritual. And this is basically a way to cover them in prayer. So number, uh, the first one that we have, B, body. You can pray for their physical health, their protection, and their strength. For L, labor, you can pray for their work experience and their financial security. For E, emotional, you can pray for their emotional health and a good quality of life and for peace and joy and hope. For S, the first S, social, you can pray for their relationships with their family and friends. And the final S, spiritual, you can pray for their salvation, that they would come to faith in Christ and that they would grow in their faith. Okay, so our second practical tip is to pick triggers for your loved ones. Marilyn Chadwick suggests having a trigger for each friend in your group. So if you have a small group like she did, they picked their own trigger words that would remind others to pray for them. Here's what Marilyn said. She said, Lisa's trigger is anything leopard. If I'm shopping, I'm certain to run across leopard print on at least one item. Diana loves teapots. Sally picked red birds. Tanya's trigger are red cards. Jackie's are orchids, and Marcella, our audio learner, selected singing birds. Isn't this so cool? Everybody in your group, in your family, can have a trigger. And if you think, if you, and if you see that thing, you can be reminded to pray for them. You can even get your kids involved and ask them to pick a trigger that will remind you to pray for them. Number three, pray for a friend in crisis every hour on the hour. If you have a loved one who is having a procedure, facing a court date, or has something very time sensitive, set an alarm on your phone for every hour on the hour to pray for them. I've done this a few times and it's always been a really powerful experience. Make sure you tell the friend what you're doing so that they can know that someone is covering them in prayer that day. 
It also helps you to remember to pray for them more regularly moving forward. Imagine telling a friend who's texted to tell you. Imagine telling a friend who's texted you that they've gone into labor that you will be praying for them every hour on the hour. What love we are able to pour out even when we can't be in the room. Number four, tell your friend what you are praying for them. If you can, ask your friends each month what you can pray for. We know our journal users do this every month, and it's been really cool to hear your stories of how God is growing your friendships based on this one section every month and how you are committing to pray for them. I know in the past, if I have not known specific requests for a friend, instead of putting everybody's name down and something to pray for specifically, I'll put a Bible verse, something that I'm praying for all of my friends, um, some spiritual attribute that I'm praying that, um, that they will experience that month. And if you are looking for ways to pray for them beyond needs that they mention, check out Paul's prayers throughout the epistles for inspiration. I'll be sharing a blog post soon on how to pray like Paul because he does an incredible job showing us what it looks like to pray for the spiritual needs of our friends. Number five, pray for your pastor and church each week. To think that pastors and church staff are going into spiritual battle... To think that pastors and church staff are going into spiritual battle each week uncovered by the prayers of its church members is unthinkable. Intercession is our only way for battling our enemy, and I believe we will see our churches and church leaders flourish only when we are consistently lifting them up in prayer before the Lord. Are we hoping for revival? Are we disappointed with the lack of enthusiasm in the church? Could it be because we aren't engaging in the spiritual battle on behalf of our leaders? I feel like there's so much suffering that is happening simply because we are not lifting up our leaders. And before I get too hot on that, I'll just share a story from um, the famous pastor, Charles Finney. He was always preceded in each new city that he went to where he was hosting a crusade. He was preceded by Father Nash. Nash would go to a town three or four weeks before Finney and would arrive and cover it in prayer. The flashy work done on stages is always preceded by prayer in quiet places. No matter what your life holds, how busy your days or your nights, you can pray for someone else. And the impact those prayers will have will transform eternity. Dick Eastman said, When we talk with God in eternity, I believe we will quickly learn everything of worth that was accomplished on earth was connected to an intercessor's prayer. If you'll indulge me in one last quote, as you can see, I have read a lot on intercessory prayer lately. Spurgeon said, there are husbands here who owe their conversion to their wives' prayers, brothers who must acknowledge that it was a sister's pleading, children who must confess that their Sabbath school teachers were wont to pray for them. Now, if by the prayers of others, you and I were brought to Christ, how can we repay this Christian kindness but by pleading for others? Chances are your salvation is a result of someone praying. I know mine is. I've heard my mom say for my whole life that her coming to Christ was the result of prayers from her grandma, Billy. My mom lost her own mom in a plane crash when my mom was only three years old. 
Billy hit her knees early and often, and as a result, my mom became a Christian when me and my twin sister were babies. That's when my mom's prayers started for my dad, who became a Christian seven years later, and prayers for us kids, who became Christians as well. And I, for one, am eternally grateful for that impact. I am so choked up right now as I read these stories because I can so easily forget the impact that intercessory prayer has in our lives. But as we think about eternity and what God does through them, let it not be lost on us. May the Lord give us hearts that desire to pray for others and a burden for people who need our prayers. 